0: that your relationship with phil parkinson began when he signed you for bradford and it was a successful time there wasn't it for
1: you yeah personally i'd say that's when my career started very very late but that's when it started because the gaffer was the only person who found a way to get through to me in terms of being more serious being more dedicated fitter stronger um he just found a way. He, he finds a way to tell me he really likes me without telling it, telling me it. <laughs> you know, I could probably count on one hand how many times the gaffer praised me on one hand because obviously he realized, you know, me looking back, he realized very quickly that doesn't get the best out of me. I'll relax. So, but I always felt appreciated. His he his actions spoke louder than words simple sim, as, as simple as as that sorry um if you were playing all the time you knew he rated you it's as simple as that and then i went there similar sort of deal to oldham non-contract i'd left stevenage off the back of similar when i went to oldham off the back of not doing great and whispers of this and that obviously being under graham uh them doing everything they can so I didn't get a club, you know, so they didn't look bad. Um, That's what, unfortunately, what happens in football, which I don't get. There's a lot of crap like that in the game, unfortunately. Um, And instead of, you know, I was lucky he, he at least had a look at me. I went in and trained at Bradford. And again, another period where I had to stay fit when I had no options that is that is where you get your rewards if you do it if you do put in that hard work when it looks like you've got nothing then it will come and and I was running around the, I remember being at my mum's at the time I didn't even I think I I just bought my own home in Stevenage the first one and um I was just starting out still hadn't really done anything in the game you know and so then be without a club I didn't have enough financially to back myself to just be okay. It was tough. I went, I moved back to mum's, I rented my house out and I was in my mum's house in, it might have still been like pre-season was done with. And I was jogging around the park every day, sprinting every day, just believing that something was gonna pop up. And thankfully Bradford popped up, went there for a week cause I was fit, done really well immediately. And as well as a manager, when you look at it from the gaffer's point of view, he's got a player coming in, hasn't had a pre-season, but he's just he's ready. That's going to help him make a decision. So um, thankfully, I did stick at it and, and put the work in because I was ready when I went there. And he saw I was fit and, uh, and he signed me on a non-contract. And then obviously I had to prove myself and I ended up being in a really good position leading up to the new deal that they gave me.
0: I think was it 2 years you had with Phil Parkinson there at Bradford was it 14 15 15 16 and then it was yeah. was it I think under under Phil Parkinson I think that's you're playing you're playing good football and the team were progressive as well I mean that must have been a good time for you Yeah it must
2: have been we a good just... time for you both Yeah <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: Luke yeah. was there. Luke yeah Luke knows what a special team we had. And the characters we had, the Stephen Darby's, the Rory McArdle, Andrew Davies, you know, we had such a, John Stead, really good characters, all willing to work hard. You know, James Hansen, Billy Clarks, so many, so many, really good group. And that's what um, the gaffer did really well. He brought in the right characters. That for me, helped me a lot because it made me, it helped my career a lot because he changed the way I was perceived in the game. And it, it was with his help and with that help. Uh, he didn't just help me on the pitch. He, he helped me also as a person. He'd, he'd speak a lot to me, you know, and even then at Bradford, I was still making mistakes, but at least those ones weren't getting out, <laughs> but <laughs> he he still, he protected me. That's why. And that protection made me repay him. And he also then found a way to just completely stop it. And from then, I would say, it's funny, but I've had my best years from then mm. as I've got older. And no doubt, I probably still will, ha- will have another two, three years of, of great years because of the mentality I have and the attitude I have, really. from mm. It all stems from Phil Parkinson.
0: Before we move on to your time at Bolton, obviously, that the game at Chelsea... It's probably the best game I've ever been to as a Bradford fan. And for you to go back to the bridge and score the equaliser against Jose Mourinho's Chelsea would, to go on and win the Premier League that year, that must have been a real highlight of your career so far.
2: Please tell me you went down the line and
0: shushed him. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, Phil, you did, you, you did. I wasn't sure if you were going to celebrate, but I think the moment kind of got the better you, didn't it?
1: I was always going to celebrate. <laughs> Bradford let me tell you about one thing about Bradford it's one special club very very special club the fans are just phenomenal phenomenal fans Um, that you feel you feel the loyalty believe me when you play for that club Um, when I, I didn't even think like oh I'm back at Chelsea like my club was Bradford that's what I was thinking I was so proud to play for Bradford we had thousands of fans at our game for the league we were in. I was so, so proud and going to Chelsea before the game, all I was thinking was I was scoring I was scoring in that game, and it sounds daft and it's easy to say after, but I, I really was I jumped about it the day before, the night before, and I remember the night before just say it, praying to God like, just give me a tapping, just give me a tapping <laughs> <laughs> you got one. And, and I got one, <laughs> so that tapping come. And I think there's there's a there's an article out there. Sometimes even now, when when my little boy looks through on Google, if he googles me and stuff, that article's still there. That the, the goal was a gift from God, because literally I did pray for that. Just give me a tapping. <laughs> so um, yeah, when I scored, I was buzzing. and I was so proud, and I pulled on the shirt because it weren't about me playing for Chelsea, and I hated that. Um, when players do that, you know, don't celebrate because it's not your club anymore. Do you know what I mean? Just move on. You should play for this club. This is who you play for. This is who pays your wages. These fans adore you. Like give them the love back because that's what it's about. And that's the emotion in football that it gives you. And it's, it's class. And I was, I was so proud into the fans as well. 6,000 Bradfordians, Bradfordians, you know, it's like amazing. Um, I wouldn't go as far as to shush Mourinho because he's alleged, but um, <laughs> but no, I, you know, it, I couldn't not celebrate, no way.
0: I mean, I remember interviewing you after the game actually, and it was kind of even at that point, it didn't seem like it sunk in with you. I, I remember it, it was, there wasn't many in depth fans, it was a bit of a case of like, what's gone on here? It was it was a, it's a day, <laughs> it, it's an interview. To be fair, that I'll never forget.
1: Yeah, it was surreal. It was surreal because of the comeback, the way we did it as well. It's like mad. And I'd given the ball away for their second goal, I think, for Ramirez's goal. Mm. And it was, oh, it was gutting because one thing the gaffer told me, is don't go into the middle of the, the pitch and dribble. Don't dribble through the middle of the pitch, he said. Dribble in wide areas. It's a, there's areas of the pitch that are a high risk, basically, you know, when you break it down technic- mm-hmm. technically and, and the analysis side of it. And a lot of Chelsea's goals, they break from that central area. Ramirez, great at breaking up play. So he he did exactly that. Exactly what the manager <laughs> told me not to do. I did. Um, but I was getting frustrated. I was on the wing. I was like, I need the ball. I felt like we weren't overawed. We started so well. and We were 1-0 down. I was like, I need to get the ball. I need to get more on the ball. So I I ventured into the middle and I could just imagine the gaffer like going, where's he going? <laughs> but, but I went and got it and I turned, I'm looking up before I know it, like Ramirez is in front of me. It's just like, bang. It's like I hit a brick wall and he just took it, broke and one, two, goal. And that is the level we're playing against. And uh, I just I was thinking, oh my God, the gaffer's going to kill me. That's what I was thinking. And then, um, the lads were devastated. Like at Bradford, we were all so close, but we could tell each other, like, when you messed up, you know, you really let them down. Sometimes you wouldn't even need to say it, just them going, like, looking at you. It would kill you, you know, because you, you, you were so close to them. And uh, we went in at half time, and to be fair, um, all the lads were like, you know, don't worry about it, Phil, you know, you'll get us back in the game. And Steady scored an amazing goal, give us a lifeline. And we were just in there thinking we were going to win the game. When you look back, it's like, what? A lot of people would have just been like, let's keep the score down. But it was a, it was a mad mentality that we had. We, we almost thought that we, we knew we were going to get back in the game. That was where we, what we were talking about.
0: Obviously, the final year at Bradford, there wasn't as much game time for you there under Stuart McCall. So when January came around, it must have been difficult for you to leave Bradford. But then at the same time, Great to sign for a, another big club
1: in Bolton Wanderers and, and a man that you knew well, Phil Parkinson. Yeah, again, strangest ever thing. Because I'd, I'd had an ACL injury my, the year before Stuart. So I'd missed a lot of football, came back, just made playoffs, played a few games, but I still had issues with my knee. Uh, as in my patella tendon was still giving me pain. I, it was strong and everything, but I was getting little niggles. And well, they come back. It, really. yeah, I ruptured my ACL. Yeah, Ooh. so I came back. So, again, it's another test. You know, at 31, most people just think, you know, that's him now at that age. But again, I, I, I told myself, I'm, I'm still going to play in the championship. I'm going to play in the championship. That's what I was always in my mind when I was coming back from injury. I remember always being on the cross trainer when everyone had gone home, and I'd be on there for 90 minutes. They told me to do half an hour. And they had to start fining me to, for overworking <laughs> because I kept breaking down because I was trying so hard because I wanted to come back so strong. And I remember Nick Alambi and he'll, he'll tell you, you know, he started finding me 150 quid to stop me from doing more than what I was told. <laughs> and that's the only way I stopped. And then, um, but I wanted it so much because of what people, the opportunity they'd given me I was determined, like, this injury is not going to put me down. Like, I'm going to go again. And so then Phil Parkinson left. I was gutted because we, I thought, this is our chance. That third season, we were going to do it with Bradford, the club that I really loved, that everything was just perfect. I bought a house in Harrogate, wanted to stay there forever. And then all of a sudden, everything changes, and that's football. You know, a new owner comes in, German owner's, that was carnage. Yeah, and that flipped everything. Stuart was doing an amazing job. But again, in that year, we were dealing with it because Stuart was doing so well and keeping everything under wraps, uh, what Edin was up to. And he was protecting us from that. But he was amazing, Stuart. I, it's the first time I've ever been in a team and not really been playing, starting. And I still couldn't say a bad word about Stuart McCall <laughs> because he's just he's too honest and he's too he's, he's a legend at Bradford so I knew everything about Bradford because I'd looked into it at, then at that age I was I was knowing who people were and put them in that way yeah and, it, yeah. Yeah, and, and um, Stuart was a legend so he found a way to never make me dislike him you know when you're not playing it's very hard to stay happy but I was playing. Mark Marshall was playing on the wing. He was doing brilliant. I was the first to always congratulate him and wanted him to do well because I'm a team player. But, you know, it was tough. I found it really tough being on the side because I'd spent a, a year on the sidelines. I was now really fit. I was like, oh my God, like, I know we're doing well. And we were drawing a lot of games on the street. And my argument at the time was, I know we're. With him. Um, and he was just like look I understand and, but Marshy's doing really well and he kept Marshy in and I said well play me somewhere else put me in the team just get me in get me in and I'll help us get the results that was my sort of answers but I never managed to get in unfortunately he'd always bring me on but I never started and then got to January Edin wanted, was just trying to get rid of me um, and I, I was devastated Genu- genuinely, I've never actually spoke about that, but I was devastated um, to leave Bradford. And I was so lucky. I was about to go to Scotland, actually, to Aberdeen. Um, Derek McInnes was the manager. And um, on the day they released, it, 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 we, we broke the contract. They, they cancelled my contract to leave on a free transfer. Um, literally, when it went on Sky Sports News, uh phil parkinson rang me and he said you've been released <laughs> i said yeah he went are you sure i went yeah well it's on sky sports he said yeah well it what you definitely they've definitely cancelled he just wouldn't believe he couldn't believe it that they cancelled my contract mm-hmm. he said well what are you doing i said i'm on the way up to aberdeen he went no no you need to come to bolton and i went Two right I am mean, he's like he's like jump in the car and get over here before obviously I had to sign before I think it was 10 or 11 o'clock whatever it was I literally turned the car around on the M62 drove straight to Bolton from leaving my I was about to go up the A1 turn around on the A1 to cross the M62 and sign for Bolton that quick
0: and obviously the the six months between the January and the end of the season I mean I was still working at Bradford at the time, and kind of keeping tracks of how you were doing at Bolton. And it's you got about nine or ten assists between January and and the end of the season, and obviously got the nickname the Postman. Postman Mm. was born. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I I mean that that little spell there that must have been up there with the best football you've played. Yeah, definitely. Again, that was a massive contribution.
1: The frustration that built over the time at Bradford, I was so. I wasn't I was angry that I I hadn't played and I thought I was upset as well because I was being made to leave a club that I loved and I genuinely loved it at Bradford um Stuart would have kept me on but I weren't really playing so it was like you're giving me no option and then Edin was constantly pushing to get me out and I understand it's a business and everything and I weren't playing but It it actually hurt me. That one hurt me. No other clubs hurt me, but the Bradford one hurt me because I really wanted to stay there and I genuinely loved the club. I had an affinity with the fans and I was made to leave. Like, I was fuming and I was like an animal possessed when I went to Bolton, literally. And um, going to Bolton, arriving at the stadium, like, I loved it at Bradford, big stadium. And again, it was just another level. Bolton, like, I just think Prem. I just think Ivan Campo, Jorkaev and Elka. I'm thinking, I'm now playing for this team. Like, pressure. And then again, it's what gets the best out of me. And that is why, you know, I remember being in the stadium nine o'clock at night, sometimes doing ice baths, um, because I knew how big it was for Bolton to get back up to the championship. It was like it was bigger than me. It weren't about me getting promoted. It was about the club. Like, we have to get this club back to where it belongs. That was the whole feeling. And there was a lot of players at Bolton who had the same feeling. People like David Weater, Jay Spearing, great leaders that were already there. Darren Prattley, some players, honestly. Um, Darren Prattley. Yeah, really good. Under probably underappreciated at the time by the fans themselves. Um, yeah,
2: Prattley, big time, underappreciated at the time. You look back now and you think, wow, what what he actually gave to the team was just phenomenal.
1: Darren Prattley was one of the best. I would say my my period there. Gary Medine, obviously amazing striker, but Darren Prattley, the ultimate ultimate pro, um, fit so fit, never ever lets you down. If if I was a manager, he's, he'd be my ideal player. I'd never not play him, and. Uh, I couldn't believe it how much he was underappreciated by the fans sometimes at Bolton because we all on social media I'd see certain things and I was like, that used to baffle me that. Um but again it comes with the pressure of playing for Bolton because they used to and they they had them Premier League years where it was just a, such a high-end caliber of player. It was a next level. And um, and I loved that. That's what really made me put in the performances that I did for for Bolton. It was because it took to a level, it was almost like, yes, this is where I wanted to be. This is where I've always wanted to be. Finally someone's given me that platform. And of course I was um, so thankful to Phil Parkinson again because it was him, you know, to go from Bradford, not playing at Bradford to Bolton, who were top or second at the time, was a big statement. You know, he had to really believe in me. And that's why, you know, I'll be forever grateful to, to the gaffer for that.
0: And earlier you mentioned about having that drive to play in the championship. For you to then end up getting promoted to the championship with a big club like Bolton that, that's objective was to get back to the championship, that must have been very pleasing.
1: Oh, it was amazing. I remember it, it brought me to tears. I remember when we got promoted. I can't believe it went to the last day, Jesus! But again, just adds to the amazingness of of the. I'll show you something actually because I'll um, I've still got the shirt framed and the medal actually. Um, it's a new house, so it's not up on the wall yet. <laughs> <laughs> so don't think I've just ditched it. Um, where is it? Here. Look at that! Okay, yeah, there we go. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, pride of place. Um, it'll be up on this wall soon. Um, but yeah, amazing time. Um. Then going on to the championship, it was just everything I'd worked hard for that that last two, three years, keeping the belief. You know, it was just like yes it's all been worth it like the little the little words you have with yourself when you're training and pushing yourself when everyone else is just sitting at home when you have big injuries like I have had towards the end of my career and even at the very beginning uh, a career and an injury you need some serious mental strength because you'll never do it otherwise you never you never get through just to stay in the game you would have done well but it's how much You put into your rehab. It's the little details that literally any injury now, because of the science and the surgeons we've got, you can come back even stronger if you really want it. It's just it breaks you mentally. That's the fact. A lot of players struggle. They don't. You know, when I done my cruciate and the lads won't mind me. I won't mind me saying it. I still speak to them. Two other young lads done their cruciate at the time at Bradford. Joe Brennan and. Was it James King? No, it wasn't Kingy. It was, um, oh, I can't remember his name now, bless him. Anyway, there's another lad. And uh, both of those lads, they can't even play football anymore.
0: Mm, sad, isn't it, that?
1: It is sad, but it shows you how hard it is. And that, that I remember at the time just dragging them through the rehab. And as a young lad, you're not, they were just like me, not really bothered you know into or not really knowing the severity of or the seriousness of how well you need to do this simple little crappy exercise that you thinks doing nothing to you is going to stop you getting something else in the future and um, I did understand it and as much as I tried to help them along and they really helped me really because if I didn't have them that we always pushed each other on Um, so it's a massive thanks to them really but it's a shame that, you know, I know they went and one of them done his crew shit again after that as well. Because it's, the rehab is really the most important thing. Yeah, you've got to be meticulous in everything. You've got to stay. You're, 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 your life as a football is never the same again. You've got to be really professional. You've got to, like now, I've got no facilities and I've not had them since January. So Oldham took that away from me. And I've had to train from home. What do I do? You know, what give up? I can't because I need to stay on, I need to keep my legs strong. I need to stay fit. Because if I go off it, I won't come back. So I had to go and drive myself every day in the gym, go to a local gym. You know, I need a pitch, I had to go to a park. That's and I'm a and I'm a professional footballer. And I've had to and I've had to do that. Do you know what I mean? It, it's sometimes not fair what do you do? You can't moan about it. It's come back stronger and prove people wrong again, which is what I'll do next season. So it's all, I can do it with a smile on my face now because I know what I'm going to do. And I've seen, I've been through it all before. So
0: Obviously it was 18 months at Bolton. That 17-18 season, your first full season at the club. You spoke to us a little bit earlier on about you believing it was a miracle that we we stayed in the division. How, if you were to summarise that season, how would you go about
2: doing it? Exactly the reaction I thought you'd have.
1: <laughs> ups and downs. <laughs> Just loads of ups and downs. Big highs, big, big lows. I remember it was the first time Phil Parkinson one time ever put me out of a squad. He put me in the stands one game. I was like, wow um And I can't remember who it was. I can't remember the, the team. It was, a, no, actually, I can remember the day. It was my birthday as well. Oh. So I turned up, all my family were at the game. It was a night game as well. I turned up, I was buzzing for it. I hadn't been doing that well. I hadn't been doing what I'd done the last season. And I was determined to turn it round and start getting us going. I was so determined. In my mind, I was like, I want to get Bolton into the Premier League. That's what I was thinking. I wanted to play in the Prem. And what an achievement that would be. And that's how, that's where my mind was taking me. Um, and so it should have been, you know, you don't just think, I want to stay up. You think, I want to get in the Prem. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember turning up and the gaffer would sometimes pull people early and usually they weren't involved. I think he's, pull, he's pulling me. What's he pulling me for? <laughs> I thought, maybe he's going to give me some like, special instructions or something Um, but he was like he said you're not in the squad and obviously I argued that Mm. (laughs) I said um, why and obviously but that is where the gaffer, it don't matter who you are and how much he likes you he's ruthless as well and that's how unfortunately you have to be like that as a manager and I just weren't on the levels that I was I was off it and not many players are good enough to just turn up and especially at championship level and higher you need to be bang bang on the money every time and when I'm fully fit and firing and mentally on it I'm firing but at the time I wasn't and uh, he spotted it early and he just said um, he said uh, you're not on it you need to get back to training and get yourself fit you need to get back on it you're just you're not on it if you're true to yourself you know I'm right and I was like no no you're not right I'm on it and he was like no Phil you're not you're not you're not and he was right and I really struggled at the time there's a few other fish issues going on but it was a a a hard spell for about a month five six weeks and I remember the the rest of the staff who I knew really well obviously from Bradford then Bolton they they all kept me going it's like you know, stay, stick in, son. You'll be back in the team in no time. And again, another little test that come through. And then I got back to playing, coming on, then starting. And then I started the last game of the season with a torn calf. Same as the last season, the Peterborough game. I played the game with a torn calf. And the, the, again, this things people don't know. But the the Forest game, again, played the game with two. It was actually two tears in my calf. So... I think there was a couple of others it might have been Alf had a calf a uh, torn calf as well so you know we did whatever it took to get, over, get Bolton over the line and um, it ended up being just special special moment I'll never ever forget it amazing
2: yeah that, that game Philippe was uh, Reading uh, dropped a 2-0 lead we did unfortunately the one on your birthday
1: oh was it Reading yeah wow Great, that's that's proper stats there. Yeah, um, on my birthday, wow, I just couldn't believe it. That that one hurt as well. Yeah, that was almost like the Bradford time because of obviously I I respect the gaffer so much. If he ever like, I felt like I was letting him down. That for me was that he didn't need to rant at me. Just him saying you're off it to me was like felt like I'd let my dad down. You know. <laughs> That was what it was like, though, because I, I had that much respect for him, and I wanted to do it so much for him as well, not just for me. I almost want to do it more for others when I, when I have success. It's the type of person I am. I get more joy out of maybe someone else having that joy from, from me achieving something. But, um, yeah, I was gutted, and I had to really dig deep to come back. But, obviously... Thankfully, we did. And everyone did. Everyone pulled together. Sammy Amiobi, like, he was a great player for us that season. We had a good team, you know, really good team. It just, we had so much off the pitch to deal with as well. Mm. To stay up, it was literally a miracle season. Miracle.
0: <laughs> yeah, because I was speaking to, we were both speaking to Albie about it yesterday. And was it, I think the first 10 games, there wasn't a win. And then all of a sudden, the team turned a corner, and with about six weeks to go, you think you were looking at the table, thinking Bolton will be alright. here, And then there was a little bit of a dip, wasn't there after that? And yeah. then, what were you thinking? Really? We with six weeks ago, do you, and you're looking at the table. Do you just did you, did you feel like you were safe, or or what was the mentality of the team at that point?
1: I don't know. I never felt like we were going to get relegated the whole time. I know. I whenever there's negative things online or anything like that, I I just ignore it. So, like, even if, I don't know, it's something when you work with psychologists or stuff in football, a lot of them, they tell you to delete anything negative. So, if you've given the ball away, it's almost like stop, delete, is what Mm -hmm. they say. And, um, like, it really helped me that in, in, in my game and also with social media and things like that. I literally, if I see something positive, I'll really read it, like it, comment. And if it's negative, it's just not there. What do you mean? If someone says to me, Phil, remember that time you give the ball away? And they say, no, I don't. I don't remember, mate. No, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, t- I, I mention it a lot to young players because I wish someone had told me the same when I was young, but um just you don't remember that, mate. Sorry. You know, move on. Yeah. I only remember what I did well. And Mark Marshall was brilliant at that. It was He was almost deluded marshy and he won't mind me saying it he was like never saw anything he did bad it was like did you see my step over that and did you see how quick did you see how quick i just went past him and everyone used to laugh at red off he, he's some character marshy yeah but is. um he i love him for his confidence a lot of, he rubbed people up the wrong way sometimes marshy but i personally loved him and he played in my position so <laughs> you know i thought he was brilliant is that he allowed no one no one to get him down. I thought that was class, you know, fair play to him, I thought. Um, but, yeah, that's the sort of mentality you need. And, and that's what we had at Bolton. I don't think anyone believes we were going down. There was never spoke about that in the change room. We knew we were up against it. Every single game was that like cup final. And the manager made us feel that way. But um, it was really tough. It was tough because the fans, again, the Bolton fans expect different with Bradford fans. So the Bradford fans, if you give them everything, they just love you. Um, the Bolton fans expect if you do well for them, they'll love you. If you don't, they'll hammer you because they expect, um, they just expect more than Bradford. And and I love that about Bolton and that's why those two clubs are obviously really special to me um, and the fans are for different reasons. The The sheer expectancy at, Bol- at Bolton and having done okay for them in the first season done alright the second and 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 having that little bit of success at the club and helped them to that point in in the club's history unfortunately it's come right back down but having that you know is a really proud moment for me and um I'll I'll forever forever be grateful for that opportunity to fill Parkinson for both clubs And forever grateful to both sets of fans for, you know, all their love that they've given me throughout the years.
2: It's like you said there, Phil. um, You said that how none of the squad felt like you were going to go down. Just looking then back at the fixtures, it was the Aston Villa game for me. We beat them. Fondra scored. I thought, right, we picked up a few points. We were going to be all right. The next, out of the next seven games, we only picked up a point and that was against Barnsley. And I thought, right, yeah, okay, picked up the point against Barnsley. We're still going to do it, though. Because we've got Bert, we have Burton coming up. It's like, right, we're going to beat Burton. Easy. Mm-hmm. Go into the final game. Then Burton happened. I thought, right, what's going to happen here? And, and <laughs> the madness of the last day was just something that was, I couldn't even explain in feelings.
1: You know what? You just hit home now to the emotions and what I was thinking at the time. Because you just reminded me of the games and I remember them like it was yesterday. Villa, it was snowing, weren't it? Mm. Was it that, the yeah. snow game?
2: Oh, yeah. I uh, think... Or was it not? So. Villa,
0: Villa no, it was wasn't. Snow game, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah, that was on Sky, the snow
1: game. Yeah. Lafondra yeah. and Amiobi, weren't it?
2: No, it was in, only your 1-0, that was in March. Yeah. Oh, 1-0. Oh, okay. yeah, it, it was Sammy's Corner, I think.
1: I yeah, know. Sammy's Corner, yeah. Um, flicked in by Alf. Um, yeah, the Burton game. The one before at Barnsley. I'll go back to Barnsley. Barns- Barnsley, I felt that we were staying up completely. I just knew that we were staying up. Even what happened at Burton, I remember f- I remember walking to the changing room and it's probably what one of the things I bring to the team or to the squad or changing room, whatever you want to call it, is more that that mentality side and that belief and vocal vocal in the dressing room but because I was so adamant and I knew we were going to do it I remember going in after the Burton game and everyone was flat everyone like you felt it the lads were like I think this is it like I think we could be down because technically all Burton needed to do was draw was it? I
2: think that we had to we had to win we had to win uh, Burton and Barnes they had to lose
1: yeah, and so they could have drawn. One of them
0: have drawn and stayed up
2: then. Yeah, there was loads of permutation, but basically, like, we had to better both of their results. I
1: think yeah, that was right. Yeah, Burton could have drawn and stayed up. Yeah, there. They, yeah, they, they ended up conceding, didn't they, and lost. Yeah, um, and we ended up scoring, which is just nuts. Yeah, after but, another,
2: one after the other, didn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so like, we played the Burton game. I remember I came on, and I came on at I came up on that centre mid, right. <laughs> Then I went right back, and it was just crazy. Like, and we lost the game, but I was just came off the pitch thinking, "I'm so up for this next game. We're gonna do it." I said, "We're gonna do it." Like, I, I remember coming in, ch- in the dressing room and saying to the lads, "Listen, who, if we would have took this to go to the last game of the season after the start we had, you know, we we would have took it, wouldn't we?" Yeah. I said, "One game, just like last season, we win." We'll stay up. I'm telling you, Burton will lose to Preston. It was Preston, weren't it? Yeah, it was.
0: Burton lost to Preston and Barnes lost to Derby, I
1: think. Yeah, I said, they'll lose. They'll lose and we'll win. I'm telling you. And the lads were just looking at me like, we're just off the pitch, feel like. They just wanted to switch off maybe for a day, but I'm like, relentless. Um, I just, I don't know, I had a mad feeling that we were going to stay up. Um, It was like, made for us. That's what we do. Last game of the season. You know, when the pressure's on, we produce. And as much as, you know, we weren't the Van Campo type teams and Elkers Jokf, but we produced on the day that it mattered for the club when they really needed us. And that speaks volumes in terms of the characters they had there, the management to keep all us together. On top of the ownership crap that was going on behind, that was so much stuff that people didn't see. And I won't mention. Uh, it's not fair on the club but everyone kind of knows anyway and they can imagine it's similar to all them it's just it is what it is unfortunately nowadays there seems to be more and more of them at, at clubs but at the end of the day it was just a special special time and you just can't you know what a memory to have in the bank you know um and there's we've got pictures all over the house with my little girl going around the pitch and stuff like that, things that you'll never, no one can ever take that away from us. So
0: So the fans obviously still speak highly of you now. It was a good 18 months at the club, obviously achieved a lot, got promotion, stayed in the championship. Was it gutting to leave Bolton at the time you did?
1: Again, yeah, gutted similar to Bradford, real, real, really, really upset, (laughs) genuinely upset and hurt. Um, those two clubs really never felt those emo- emotions before in football because it's, it's just ruthless. You know, you just you go to a club, you, you at some point you're going to move on, especially as a winger. It's such a position where you, your high highs and lows is hard to be consistent um, yep. as a winger, and when you are, obviously, you get massive recognition. But it's it's a difficult position to be consistent. Not many are um, even at prem level, so. It was, um, it was tough, uh, you know, because I had a deal there. I had another year. Um, without going into detail, very simply, it, the owner just took it away from me because uh, apparently we weren't allowed to negotiate. Or <laughs> it was just that way, <laughs> his way or the highway. And um, to be honest, I would have took, took anything to stay at the club it wasn't even me, I was on holiday, I, was, I wasn't I was on holiday, I was on a coaching course in Ireland, I was on my A licence.
2: I remember this. I rem- as
1: far as, yeah. I, rem- as- I
2: remember you were, you'd, you'd done your A licence, because I remember the Instagram, and you were training elsewhere, you were training locally, because um, a friend of mine was training like on the similar, were you like on the track or something like that, doing a lot yeah. of track work? Oh
1: yeah, the Bolton track,
2: yeah. Yeah, the Bolton yeah. track, and it was like, what's going on here? Like, cause what's, what's actually going to happen?
1: Cause no one could text. believe it. Yeah. No, everyone was like, what? Like, just come in. You're just in Bolton. Just, just come back. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I can't. <laughs> he, he, the guy was just a, a madman. Like if he had it in for you, that was it. If you just said like the one wrong word. And it wasn't even me. It was my, my agent at the time, unfortunately. And this, this is another thing in the game. That a lot of people don't know. And, if I knew everything as I do now, I would never have an agent. I would just talk myself. Then there's no Chinese whispers. You can just speak directly to the person, right? This is the contract, boom, 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 and done. Unfortunately with agents, you never really know what's said. And it's uh, nothing bad on the agent at the time, but since then I said, I'm never gonna have an agent again. You know, I would just rather speak, I know, Obviously, I've been around long enough now to know how to do my own contract. But they don't really do anything, <laughs> agents. They just ask you, would you take that or would you take this, and is that okay? Is this years, and tell you what the deal is, and you say yes and no. They're not doing anything. So I ended up suffering because of that because he obviously rubbed up the owner the wrong way, and it ended in tears for me. I ended up without a club. Another year in the championship, which I was hoping to kick on, and I'd trained so hard all season, uh, all all the off-season, then was on a coaching course. My phone just starts pinging on Twitter. I was with Albie, actually, Aaron Wilbraham. And I was like, mate, I've just been released. As far as I know, I was about to sign it when I got back. So I was about to sign a new deal. It was agreed. All of a sudden, he, he changed the goalposts dramatically by the way and I probably still would have signed but he didn't even give me the opportunity to he obviously thought I don't want him anymore i've got someone else i think it was uh wheelchair they went and got wheelchair um maybe in the background when you look now uh they thought right we've now got wheelchair they were keeping me hanging for a little bit they got wheelchair and then they ditched ditched me and yeah that ended like that so
2: uh was it right that you found out over social media
1: Yeah, literally, my phone was pinging, and uh, I looked at my phone. I'd been released by Bolton Wanderers. I just couldn't believe it. The day before, we were literally there, ready ready to sign a contract. We were there or thereabouts. Um, Next day, I'd been released, and then the gaffer was ringing me, didn't have a clue what had happened. So, um, you know, what can a manager do? He's working for an owner. He's got, you know,
2: his hands tied
1: behind his back. Yeah, you know, I, I don't want to say that, but he's got to do what's right for him as well. At the end of the day, um, it's the owner is the big boss at the end of the day, and he makes the decision. And they obviously made that decision, and I was left as well because I, I never thought I was going anywhere else. I weren't even putting myself anywhere. I said to my agent, "I don't want to go anywhere. Just get the Bolton deal done." Because um, there'd been a few other clubs interested. And then those clubs find fill that position. All of a sudden, it was, I think, five days from pre-season. And I'd been released. And all those clubs that were interested now had wingers in. And I had limited options. I was then getting offered one-year deals. Uh, I, I mean, I was 33 at the time. or well, 33, 34. 33, I think. No, 32. I can't remember. But... Um, clubs were like yeah we'll give you a year and I thought I've just played a full season in the championship like I'm not old I've just played however many games 90 minutes I'm fit fitter than I've ever been and I just couldn't get my head around it and then um, I had a friend who was at Crawley uh, Warren Feeney he called me and you know what just the way they went about trying to get me there made me feel wanted and I just thought after what uh, Ken Anderson had just done, I thought it really resonated because, you know, I feel really unwanted here and they really want me. And and I was being offered short-term deals and I thought they're willing to give me a three-year deal. I thought fair play, you know, that that is um you know just really, really nice gesture from them to to put that trust in me. Um And they had massive plans, and so I was really excited to go down. Although I didn't want to go down south anymore, my family was up north in Harrogate. I still felt, you know, and and he was my friend Warren. I played with him at Oldham the first spell. I I felt like, you know, what I'm going to go because there was clubs up north, but they were doing one year deals and just um, trying to take a bit of the mick, you know. When in football as well, what a lot of people don't see when that happens and you're close to pre-season, if you're still not got a club, you literally will will get the mickey taken out of you in terms of when you do get that next deal. They know you've not really got the options. So clubs are clever. They yeah. wait till the last minute. And again, there's just a lot of things people don't see, but you can get, get taken for a ride, really, in the in those moments. So they really left me, well, particularly Ken Anderson left me in the... You know what? In the lurch. In the lurch, that's it. (laughs) Just
0: finally, Phil, because I think we've talked about... You've gone through your whole playing career, but there's one thing we've not spoken about, and that's the fact that you had a very brief spell as caretaker manager with Jimmy Smith, I believe, at Crawley. How how did that come about, and how did you find it?
1: Oh, that was amazing. I never, ever imagined that was going to come around the corner, but it just shows you if you educate yourself and do courses and learn new things opportunities will arise when you know um, thankfully I mean I've had my academy since Bradford days I've always been keen on coaching and I put a lot of years in with young players to try and basically coach myself really it's it's talking really in front of people isn't it and and coaching people it's not as easy as you think you could be the best player in the world but you can't stand in front of the team and deliver a team talk it's just so different the types of pressures and um so i was so glad i'd done all of that and done my b license my a license that some random reason harry kill goes to nuts county and they turned to me and asked if i could take the team i was actually just shocked um but i'm quite close with the owners at at crawley um and we've got really good relationships so it wasn't something I really wanted to do because I knew it would bring the problems that I had after it and sort of the situation I'm in now is probably because of what I did at Crawley. All of a sudden people think, you know, you've been a manager or caretaker manager. It was free games, you know, and it was great by the way. And we've done really well, <laughs> an amazing experience, but I knew I, I can play for another five years easy. You know, I feel like
2: you're just trying to finish your career, so to speak.
1: Yeah, I didn't want to be perceived to be going over to that yet. And I did it as a favour to the chairman, really, because I wanted the club to do well and we'd started well. So I didn't want us to lose momentum and I believed in the team. So I did it. But then they got the the other manager in, Gabriel Kioffi. But again, me doing that, I feel personally managers, even in the future, like now, because I had that spell, managers... Seem to think you're gonna want their job. And and I don't want a manager's job just yet. I'm very happy playing, I just want to play. But when you've done that, I definitely sense there's that feeling. Um, you know, managers a lot of them seem very paranoid. I, I think if you're a good manager, just get on with your job. What are you worrying if someone's gonna take your job for, just do do your job. You know, if you're doing it well, you're not gonna get sacked. But um it seems that many are, are quite paranoid and then that affected since, since that day, it did affect me playing even at Crawley with the manager then. Um, and then when I left Crawley um, to Oldham, it's now affected with this manager. Um, but again, it's it's just, unfortunately I can't turn back time. I did that favor for the Crawley chairman. All of a sudden, Everyone thinks I want their job.
2: <laughs> I'm up in the sky betting odds for all the lower league jobs now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just want to play. To be honest, I love playing. Still, I've got plenty of years ahead of me. I, I definitely really want to manage, and I will manage. And I feel I feel I'll be a good manager. Um, I've spent a lot of time on it, a lot of effort. You know, I've been down and worked. I've worked with top managers, obviously, throughout the years. Brendan Rodgers. Steve Clark, Mourinho, obviously, to name a few, and Phil, um, John Collins, so many uh, to name. But, you know, I've gone on then to recently, I spend a lot of my free time. I'll go down to Leicester and, and see Brendan and watch what he does now. You know, I, I just love it. I love the game, everything about it. In my spare time, I'm always watching football. So there's no doubt, you know, I want to progress into that. But I, it's a long way away, hopefully. If I stay as fit as I am, hopefully it's it's a long way away. So hopefully people stop uh, thinking I want to take their job and they sign me as a player.
2: Does it make sense? Because <laughs> later you can't play no more. While well, you've got this it... body for it, you just want to keep playing. I've I've spoken to a few pros who've gone on uh, probably towards the end of the careers. Like I want to keep playing. I want to keep playing until I cannot. My body cannot do it anymore.
1: Yeah, I mean, just the thought of it, of not playing, it scares me to death. I mean, I love the game so much. It's such a deep love that I just until I cannot physically run, I will play. Until not someone says, listen, you're just not good enough anymore, I'd probably still try. And then if I physically couldn't do it, I'd probably then stop. Because I think once you stop, There's no going back, is there? You can't ever come back. You know, enjoy every single moment. That's why I've always, even training, I love training every single day. Just train as you play um, because you could just get injured the next day um, and you're out for a year. It's just such an enjoyable job. You know, I just love it. That that day dreads me for sure. And that's why I want to stay in the game um, to still get some form of uh, my fix in football.
0: Well, thanks a lot for your time, Phil. It's been about two hours that well, it been a Wow pleasure. It's been a pleasure, Phil.
1: mate, that has been long. You're going to have a headache. you've got migraines now,
2: haven't you: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. It's, it, honestly, it's been a great insight into all the background stuff from even from your early career all the way through. It's been brilliant, brilliant listening yeah. to it.
1: Thanks for your time, Phil. Oh great, well, I hope you enjoyed it and uh, I hope it's a better season for for Bolton next year and um, start having success again. Who knows what the future holds.